Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. We're going to discuss a film that we think is underrated, underappreciated, or we just want to talk about it. I'm Josh Hallam and I'm joined by Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you? I'm brilliant as always, Josh. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Um, I'm excited because today we are joined by another brilliant guest. He's a writer, he's a comedian, um, he's an all-round legend. Uh, Nathan Caton, how are you? How's it going? I've never been described as a legend before, though. Well, right? it's like... So is, it, is it me or someone else? Uh, <laughs> yes, I did introducing. <laughs> yeah. Rich D. Hunter. Look, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyone who's willing to give it the time to come on this is a legend in my eyes. <laughs> uh, how are you, Nathan? You okay? Yeah, man, I'm cool. Chilling, you know. This, you know, It is what it is. Uh, so we start with a random question, as we do every week. Uh, Alice, yeah. I come to you first. Beach or pool? Summer's coming up. By the beach or by the pool? Mm, so... Obviously, I love the sea because it's impressive and gorgeous. And, I, you know, I don't mind the sand and stuff. And I've always got my Factor 50 on, so I haven't got to worry too much about the sun. Um, but I think I've mentioned this to you before, Josh. I've got an irrational fear of something grabbing me while I'm in the water, like a shark or an unidentified sea monster. I never used to have this fear. When I was a kid, I used to swim in the sea for hours and hours and hours, and it was never an issue. And then as I got older, for some reason, it became a really bad thing. And so now I can go maybe three feet deep, maybe four <laughs> feet deep, and I just get terrified. And like I'll see a shadow in the water, and I'm like, oh, that's it, the Great White is coming to kill me. Even if I'm off like the coast of North Wales or something, I'm just like, nah. So I'd, it would be a pool, unfortunately, for that reason, for safety reasons. <laughs> what about you, Josh? Um, did you ever have the irrational fear when you were a kid doing swimming lessons that there was going to be a shark in the swimming pool? Or is that just oh, yeah. me? Yeah, that, yeah that no, thing I of, had that. Yeah, I, I remember thinking, yeah, that's a what sheltered life I live that I thought that some sort of yeah. great white would get into the village swimming pool. Um, so I, um, yeah, I'd probably say pool. I don't mind the beach. I just prefer, I don't, I don't like sand. I'm like Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It gets I'd, everywhere. Yeah I'd, yeah. I'd say pool. What about you, Nathan? Uh, well, first of all, mate, uh, what legislators are you going to that could potentially have a shark in the pool, mate? A uh, very, a, a rough one. It's rough. They, they've got to get security. They've got to get, got to get security in. If there's a shark in the pool, who's on reception? Fucking <laughs> hell. Um, 
Uh, what, okay. what wristbands the shark got on? What time does it have to get out? There's all sorts of admin questions there, isn't there? <laughs> and they had swimming trunks or not? Um, okay. Oh, okay. Can I can I ask a question in order to answer my question? Go ahead. Am I swimming or just chilling? Chilling. Holiday chilling. Oh, well then. Oh. Mm. Shit, that's hard. Um... I'm gonna say mm, no, Paul. I'll stick with Paul. I'll stick with Paul. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say beach because then that means I'm like somewhere like in the Caribbean or something like that. That's where, true. You know, yeah, that is you know, true. On the beach with a rum punch. Yeah. That's mate. That's the life. But <laughs> I like swimming. Like I'm a proper fish. You know what I mean? Like as you said, you got to feel something grabbing you. I'm the kind of person who likes to go swim down to the bottom. Swim. Know, behind people and grab them and watch them scream and panic. That's oh, me. You're, so you're, you're the guy like in Jaws with the fin on his back, yeah? yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm the wind-up merchant in the water. <laughs> oh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't cope with that. That would drive me absolutely so mad. Is, is Nathan what you're actually scared of, Alice? Uh, so we'll come on to talking about uh, this week's film, which is Above the Rim from 1994, which Nathan has picked. So spoiler warning if you've not seen that. Um, to give you a little bit of background on the film, a little bit of a synopsis, it's basically about a young basketball prodigy called Kyle, played by Dwayne Martin. Uh, he sort of explores his ambitions to be a basketball star, al- along with his relationships with the people around him, his community, whilst his prospects are kind of, they're kind of balanced on a knife edge between becoming this massively successful basketball star or, well, not you know, or all to do with sort of possibly him going the other way and having this sort of miserable life of crime, if you like. So, um, Nathan, I'm interested to know, why did you pick this one? Apart from the fact that we asked you to come on and pick a film, is it underrated? <laughs> is it underseen? Did you just want to talk about it? Um, I feel like above the rim, it's, it's underrated and underseen. Um, in terms of basketball movies, I'm, I'm a big sports fan. Basketball is one of my favourite sports. Uh, big up the Toronto Raptors. Um yeah, I, I'm a big basketball buff, but whenever you talk about basketball movies or whatever I talk about basketball movies to people, the same movies come up. Space Jam, uh, Coach <laughs> Carter, uh, White Men Can't Jump, um, you know, those kind of movies. I'm like, what about Above the Rim? Like, oh, I haven't seen that. It's like, Above the Rim was like one of the original basketball mm. movies for like my generation. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like it, it, it hasn't been seen enough by by people, especially basketball fans, um, that might not have seen it, and it's it's a great film. Um, I remember watching it. I don't know when I was maybe ten when I should have been watching it with my mum. Of all people, I don't know why she was letting me watch that, but she did. Um, and just explores, you know, like what so many what so many young people go through. You know, in terms of they've got their dream, whether it be basketball or something else, but then it's always it could always go the other way, as it could have done in a bathroom with Carl. You know. He, he could have been gone, gone to college, play ball on a full scholarship, but he could end up in a, in a life of crime, you know, in, in gangs and doing all sorts. Um, so I feel like it's relatable um, to people. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's just a great movie. And, I, and also the, the character of um, uh, Leon, uh, Freddie Shepard, Freddie Shepard, I like his character as well, how he's he's the guy who he's kind of like, he's lived through what Carl lived through now and he's trying to like, no, don't make the same mistakes. You know, you got a talent, go down this path, kind of thing. So yeah, I, I, I don't, it's just a movie that caught me when I was young, and it's just stuck with me. Okay, Alice, I'm interested to know: Have you seen this one before? 
I hadn't seen it, no, and I hadn't heard of it, and I wasn't 100% sure what it was going to be about. So I'm not really familiar with basketball at all. So I wasn't sure. When I heard Above the Rim, my brain immediately went to, like, Pacific Rim. And I was like, oh, is this like a, a spiritual successor of Pacific Rim? Is this what we're going to see? But no, all about basketball. Um, but I did, I really enjoyed it. And just going off what Nathan said then, Shep was actually my favourite character. I thought he had a lot of really great layers to him. And what I really liked about him was how all the other characters responded to him. So with Kyle and uh, with Tupac's character, Birdie, um, they they would like make fun of him a lot or like sort of talk down to him in a way. But then you could tell like by their body language and by what they were doing that they were desperate for his respect as well. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like it just really sort of pegged him as like the kind of mature, almost fatherly figure sort yeah. of to the rest of the characters. And then all the ladies loved him as well. So you got <laughs> Kyle's mum, who was obviously really keen, and that lady in the diner as oh, well. Yeah, he was yeah. like, oh, I think I think you need a home-cooked meal instead of coming here all the time. I was like, oh, the ladies love Shep. <laughs> but no, yeah, he was he was a real highlight for me. Uh, Josh, had you seen this one before? No, I hadn't seen it before. I think I got that it was about basketball from the, uh, from the title. But my partner, who I watched it with, also said the exact same thing about about as you so she said oh is it is oh, it uh, is it um is it like an action fantasy like pacific rim i was like not unless it's the like two things like, like robots playing basketball a bit like that hugh jackman one where it's robots doing boxing but um no but no so i hadn't seen it but i, I sort of guessed what it what it was about but no i i re i really enjoyed it i think there's a, there's a few things i really enjoyed about it the, the, the sort of three main ones were the performances the script and I really loved the way they shot basketball. So I'm not a massive basketball fan, but I know for a fact that pretty much all sport is really hard to film in a in in sense of making it for a film for a narrative film. Um, if you look at like that's why there's so many sort of really bad football films where it's quite clear that, yeah none of the actors <laughs> know how to play football and, and things like that and especially a sport like basketball which is so end to end it's so quick and so kinetic it's it's it must be an absolute nightmare to film but I thought this this got it down to a T really well but to come back to what you were saying about about Shep he was also one of my favorite characters but I really liked the difference between Shep and Kyle. So you've got Dwayne Martin who plays Kyle and he's so like, he's just really angry and really passionate, very high energy, quite sort of yeah. authentic. And then you've got Shep who is this really sort of cool, very level-headed, softly spoken guy. And that dynamic, I think, really drives the film forward and make, really makes it work very well. There's And then you've, you've got loads of other good performances as well. Marlon Wayans, I thought, <laughs> was was I mean obviously Martin Wayans has gone on to of all the people in this with exception yeah. of course the late Tupac he's gone on to be this massive star and he he brings a really good sort of comedic turn a bit of levity to the film and mm. and despite the fact that his character actually when you think about it's probably quite tragic yeah considering well, what happens to the happens well, to him. Spoiling it, yeah yeah but but I really enjoyed Marlon Wayans' performance he's very young in this it made me think I really wish I'd seen his Robin because he was cast as Robin. Uh, and never played, and never played him for Tim Burton. Um, oh, it, I don't know. yeah. So apparently, there exists somewhere some some script pages of the 1989 Batman with Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton, where Robin would come into it, and it would be played by Marlon Wayans. Obviously, it never it never got made, but I would mm. have been interested, especially seeing this because it's you know not that that long after 
1989, five years or so. So I thought he was really good. I thought the, the, the Tonya Pinkins, who played the mum, uh, was was incredible, despite the fact that she's only like three years older than <laughs> the guy who plays her son. <laughs> but like, she is so like, you just absolutely would not fuck with her in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's, 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 you know, she's intimidating. <laughs> that, that bit where she, where she slaps him, oh. it, it makes you go, ooh, yeah, yeah. even yeah. I felt that pain. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely an, an authority figure in that film. And then, and then, of course, Tupac's in it. Who I've never, I don't, I've never seen him act before. I know he's done a couple of films, but I thought he was really good in it. So yeah, Tupac can act, man. He's yeah, I've, I've seen a few of his films, and like, yeah, he's people forget that because he's you know he's known for his rap and he's such a great rapper. People forget that you know he can act as well. You know he, he's done movies, and yeah, he's he's pretty convincing as you know the the, the villain of the film. It really. It it kind of really got me as well that obviously he got shot at the end, given kind of what happened to him. That just kind of felt it like just kind of re- some sort of like really weird premonition or something. I know yeah. obviously you know, obviously you know it wasn't. This was a bit of time before, but it just kind of it made it more impactful. I think kind of then reflecting on sort of everything that had happened for sure. And um, going back to uh, Kyle's mum, like you said, I was a bit unsure at first if she was his mum or or if they were together because he comes down the stairs <laughs> when they're at home and he sort of kisses her on the cheek and she's like, oh, are you just going to kiss me like that? And I was like, oh, are these two? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, it's his mum. But there was a great, um, like a really great dynamic shift between them sort of about halfway, three quarters of the way through the film where obviously she starts dating Shep and he's like, why were you late home last night? You're out gallivanting with <laughs> yeah, this guy yeah, yeah. and all this. And she's like, how are you to talk to me? Like all the nights you stay out and all this. And they've just got like this great little partnership. It feels like it's just been the two of them for so long. And obviously they seem to like really trust each other mm. and to like have each other's backs and stuff. But no, yeah, I really loved those two together. Um, it was really cheesy, wasn't it? I think at times, <laughs> the film, but it was just brilliant. The cheesiest moment for me and the, the, one of the moments I just love was at the very end where obviously they're playing and they need one more player because one of the guys goes down oh. and Shep just turns up and he's like, put me in, coach. Yeah. I was like, that's just brilliant. Because I thought in my head, and I, I think he is, but Shep is quite a bit older than the other guys, right, yeah. who are playing. Yeah. I just thought that was so funny. But yeah, really, just really brilliantly cheesy, I thought. I, I liked that, though. Like, that bit it is cheesy because that's the sort of thing that when a film is parodying a film like this, put me in coach, <laughs> that is exactly the line sort of thing that they, that they use. Like, But I I still, it, it, didn't, it didn't take anything away from it for me. I, I still enjoyed it. It was very, it is very convenient, though, how he just happened to be there at that moment when they needed one of the players. Like, oh, yeah, of course, of course you were there, Shep. Um, but no, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, it's still, it's, it still makes the movie, you know what I mean, that, that moment where, and when when he turns up and they're like, uh, Birdie's like, you, know, you can see the fear, it's like, oh, shit, he knows what's coming. And yeah, it's just, yeah. Well, the, their relationship I really enjoy, so the, the Birdie and Shep. So one of the things I really enjoyed about the film was that it, the script sort of drip feeds you information. So you mm. come into this world where this community exists and there's the school and there's, you know, there's gangs and there's there's the main characters and all that sort of stuff. And it goes along and it's not till about halfway through, maybe slightly before that, that you even know that Birdie and Shep are brothers. But I like that. I like that there's there's that slow reveal, you know. I, I quite like the way it draws you in and then their relationship is about, you know, the fact that they've drifted apart and one of them's gone one way and one of them's gone the other way and and... You know, it's almost like gets to the point where he, well, that he essentially 
isn't bothered if his, if his brother dies or not. But I quite enjoyed the way the script dealt with their relationship. And I enjoyed the, the sort of exploration of between like this, like I said earlier, the knife edge of, you know, you could go one way, you could be this big basketball star, you could have a life of crime. It's quite interested how balanced that is and how close-knit almost this community is. Because it seems to take place on a sort of, you know, few, yeah, one block. Yeah, yeah. And, and everyone seems to know everyone. You know, they all know the homeless guy. They yeah. all they all know him because they've all essentially been to this one school. And I thought that sort of idea of this community gave the film a strength, a, a relatability, as I suppose, in terms of the message. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, yeah, you do get you get that that homely community feel where, yeah, so everyone would have known who Shep was when he came back. Uh, everyone, everyone takes the piss out of Flip. Um, you know, what I mean, everyone knows that you know Tupac. He's Birdie's doing his, his his shady shit. Um, everyone kind of gets that. You you get that feel of like you know everyone knows each other's business. But yeah. then I guess that kind of that kind of like makes it even more because I went like when Birdie does come back, like, Birdie, but if um, Shepard does come back like, at the end, when he, when he says put me in, that like, you, I think there's this. I think it's when he comes back. Um, one of the commentators of the basketball games. Like, that's, that's, that's Tommy Shepard. It's like seeing a ghost. It's like everyone knows. Oh shit! That's Shep, Shep. Um, Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that whole community feel. I, I totally get what you mean by that, bro. 
One of my favourite moments was just going off what you said about um, Birdie and Shep's relationship. So they're in the uh, cemetery, aren't they? And Shep's gone to... Because, like, the whole reason that he's back in town is to bury his mum. You sort of get that when he's talking to the other coach who's, like... He, so this other coach is, like, desperate for him to come and coach with him. And he's like, I've come here to bury my mum. I've not come here for basketball. So he goes to the cemetery and he's kneeling by the gravestone. Mm. And to... Uh, keep going to call him Tupac, Birdie comes in and um, and he stood up next to him and he starts like absolutely screaming at him and really laying into him and he sort of goes a bit manic with it and Shep is just kneeling on the floor and just taking it and it's so interesting to sort of see this kind of power kind of dynamic between them because Shep's on the floor so he's physically smaller than him and uh, Birdie's above him and he's like doing all these big gestures and being so loud and aggressive but Shep has has the power, like mm. you can tell that, and and there's just like this this desperation within Birdie, like I guess for his brother to like love him and for his brother to like see him and recognize him. Mm. But I feel like Shep just feels like he feels detached from him now, doesn't he? Because mm. he's gone down the route that he's gone down, yeah. and obviously that's not something that he wants anything to do with. Mm. And it's just great to see that kind of turmoil between two brothers. Yeah. And then you get it again, like, I think later on when they're on the basketball court and Birdie turns up and then you look over and there's, like, another pair of brothers, older brother and younger brother, who are playing basketball together. And you see, kind of, like, they're both looking and thinking, what could have been, kind of thing. Um, how, you know, those two brothers are so close and yet, here we are. I love so, that bit. So yeah. yeah. But I, I love that bit, personally, because um, that kind of reminds me of me and my brother, because we're, 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 like, 10, year, 10, 11 years apart. And we've grown up quite close to each other. So that kind of, that, that message of like brotherly bonding kind of struck a chord for me. And so, yeah, that, 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 that scene, I'm like, that reminds me of me and my brother straight away. Yeah, I look, I, I, I'm not too dissimilar to yourself with my brother. I'm, I'm nine years older than my brother. But I, I, what I loved about that scene is I wasn't sure if actually it was happening or they were almost both looking into the past. Oh, it sort okay. of didn't didn't explain. It didn't say you know this is they're actually just watching the two brothers who who are playing, or if they were both because doesn't he say something like I never did learn how to do that, or I never did yeah. learn how to something to do with spreading his fingers on the ball, something like that. And and it's it's as if they're looking into their own past, and I really enjoyed that. But but no, it's that was another device I really enjoyed about about the script, I suppose. Um, what what did you think? What in terms of in terms of basketball then? How how good is this film? Like, is that is it? Because I've never really watched much basketball. I've seen the odd thing on TV and and stuff. And uh, but but how how authentic is it? Uh, it's 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 good enough. I mean, compared yeah. to some like other basketball films that you may see, or like all sports films that you see in general, where you can tell it's just so choreographed, it's awful. You know, like like uh, Goal, the football film. Yeah. Uh, which is like, guys, yeah. just, come on, don't, what, just, just don't do it. I'd rather you just didn't do it. Just, just tell me what the score was rather than <laughs> trying to show me. Um, but um, yeah, they, they, they even get like the, the, the names of the, the, the football teams. Are like, I'm going to score for full ham. No, Fulham, mate, Fulham. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, for, this, for, the, for the basketball, um, for above the rim, it, yeah, it's, it's believable. You know what I mean? It's uh, You watch the action and even though you know it's, choreographed and stuff because um, they got I can't remember which possible it was they got someone to come in and choreograph it to make it look authentic and it works yeah it does and something I, I like about it is that obviously I don't I don't. do you like basketball Alice? I know you like some sports do you like basketball? 
Um, I don't think I've ever seen a match. No, no, no can't say that. No, so so I so neither of us really follow any basketball, but it's not it's not important to the film. No. So it's like you don't you don't, you're not going. This is this is just too hard to follow this. But this this game where you put the ball in the basket, it's just taking me out of the world of the film. You know, like what all good sports films do is they take the sport and they use it as a framing device. But you don't have to like one of the films we've covered on this podcast before is Warrior, and I have no interest in UFC, MMA, that sort of thing. But I like that film. Where if you look at other films, like you say, bad sport in a sport film, it sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> But if you look at this, or like I said, Warrior, or some boxing films, or something like, I don't know, Feel the Dreams, or something like mm. that, it's not important. The fact, what's important is this is the function by which I can become successful. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's what I, I, that's what I really like yeah. about it. Because, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's, it could be, you could take out a basketball and put it, and replace it with something else. It's the same framework. It's just, you've got one path that you can go down, uh, which is success, and then you've got the other path, which will lead you down a tricky road. And that's that's basically what it is. Basketball is just a thing that Carl happens to be good at. Absolutely. I love the basketball court as a location as well and as kind of like a setting because you're so close to one another because it's so small, isn't it? It's mm. not like being in a football stadium where you feel like you're just miles and miles away from the action. You can barely see the players half the time. But with basketball, it seems like the players are there and the crowd is literally like a few inches yeah, away. Yeah. Like you could, you know, feel the sweat pouring off of them. And there was such a great atmosphere in there. I thought the cheerleaders were fantastic because <laughs> I think a lot of the opening scene is just basketball being played and you'd get just some great noises. Everyone's shouting, the cheerleaders going crazy, big, loud music. So I love that. And then you would get like these brilliant sort of juxtaposing shots of the empty court where it would just be Kyle there just with a ball and, you know, you hear the echo and it just feels so empty. Mm. But yeah, I love I loved that as a location. I love I just kind of loved the way it looked in general. I loved all the outfits. I, it was just so brilliantly 90s. Yeah, I, I loved all the clothes <laughs> they were wearing, just the grey outfits. And um, is, it, is it Bugaloo? Oh, yeah, Bugaloo. Yeah, 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 yeah. His outfits were just brilliant. I think there was one time where he was wearing his, these, like, crazy pair of green trousers and he had one leg sort of rolled yeah. up to his knee and the other one down. And I was like, what a statement. But he was really funny. He had one line and I wrote it down because it did make me laugh. Where he said, no disrespect, man, but your mum's got a fat ass. <laughs> it's like, no disrespect. <laughs> disrespect very much yeah, taken. Yeah. Some, <laughs> of, some of offense taken to like that, that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No offense, but call me step there from now on, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are right. So the, there's some great, massive 90s blazers in there. Yeah. Like blazers that four people could wear. <laughs> Great. Yeah, and just like and just bright colours like uh, yeah. um there's one point where Boogaloo's wearing like um on the, I think it's on the day of the, the big tournament, he turns up in a massive bright gold tracksuit, sunglasses, bandana. It's like <laughs> that's so nineties. Like, imagine someone wearing that today, you'd be like, What the fuck? Have you not got mirrors in your house? But in the nineties it just it works. Yeah, along with like some great slow jams in the background, some great nineties R and B in there as well. Oh, the soundtrack was brilliant. Was Literally every song, I was like, I was just dancing on the sofa. I was like, this is brilliant. I love a good soundtrack. Lo really loads make of sports film. films have good soundtracks, don't they? Even crap yeah. sports films have good soundtracks. It's it's one of those things where it's almost like there's never not a song playing. Yeah, <laughs> like whether whether that be whether that be a nineties R and B or whether it just be the score in general, but it's but it really but you don't notice it 
in the sense that you know you can really notice when music is poorly used. But in this, it just really suits. It just suits the whole feel of the film for me. Um, it's funny that they used a lot of Tupac songs as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't the opening? Is. Isn't the opening song with the breathing yeah. Tupac? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's 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 what I remember from the film. Like that's the first song that I remember from the film. Um, so it's the, I, I, I feel pain. Share it with me. Boom. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, the soundtrack's wicked. I love, but I, I, that suits the film so well because it just like the film starts and it's just like bam, started. No con, no context. They're just playing basketball, and that's how you know what has happened to Shep. But I love that, and like you say, it goes with the song so well, and it's so um. The film's really tight as well. It's sort of like 95 minutes, something like that. And no minute, is, I wasn't bored at any point. Didn't really feel like it lost any momentum. It's just like a great hour and a half entertainment. Not like, you know, if, that, if this was made now, I don't know if I've made this complaint before, like I'm sounding really old, but this would probably be like two and a half hours or split into two films. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The movies nowadays, it's like, I oh know. It's like, guys, you could have just done this in a much quicker time. You told me things that I don't need to know. Just, oh. just get to the point. I could read The Hobbit instead of watching the three <laughs> Hobbit films. <laughs> oh. One thing I thought was interesting as well, the guy who wrote this and I think directed it is the guy who then beforehand created Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, Quincy. Is it Quincy Jones? Well, he, no, he's part of it, but I think Jeff, I can't remember his surname, the director had something to do with the oh, Fresh man. Prince of Bel-Air. I can't remember oh, his surname. I think he was the producer or creator of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But then I thought, oh, he must have gone on to do it. And I had no idea the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air started in 1990. I thought it was like mid-90s. Nah. Oh, yeah. I didn't realise it was that early either. Yeah, because I think it would have been in 94, 95 when Will Smith did Independence Day and he had finished Fresh yeah. Prince before then, so... Oh, wow. Oh, I guess because we did, I suppose maybe because it was American, we didn't get it over. I remember watching it on BBC Two in probably yeah, yeah, like yeah. 1998 or something. <laughs> we'll probably get it a bit later. Oh, yeah. I mean, now now the outfits make even more sense. Yeah, you want to talk about 90s outfits? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air oh, is the, is the oh, absolute right. pinnacle <laughs> of 90s outfits. Yeah, he was the co-creator, writer and producer of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Jeff Pollock. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yes. I know that name. We'll move on to things that we perhaps didn't like or we might change about the film. Is, is there anything yeah. for you, Alice, at all? Um, the only thing that I would maybe say that I didn't like was there was a, a few moments where you did just get like an information dump, where it was just kind of like, this is who I am, this is why I'm here, and this is what I'm doing. It happened a couple of times. The first time, I think, was with it was with Kyle and his mum, that time where he comes downstairs and they're in the kitchen and he just gives you all the information you need about the college he's applying to, mm. you know, why he wants to go there, what will happen if he doesn't go there, what his mum thinks of him going there, <laughs> how he's been getting on at school. Like, it's just like, here's all the info you need. Same with Shep. And he's just like the moment I said before, where he's just like, I'm in town to bury my mum, not play basketball. And it's like, you just, there was a few moments like that. And it happened a lot with Shep, I think. I think because most of the time he was quite stoic and sort of quite mysterious. So then you'd get these moments where he was just like, no, here's exactly how I'm feeling, here's exactly what I'm doing, here's exactly what I'm thinking, sort of thing. So there's a few moments like that, but I mean, apart from that, no, not really. I thought the script like was tight. I thought, Josh, like you said, the performances were there. Um, I didn't think it was really lacking in any way, and I didn't feel not entertained at any point either. Yeah, okay. What about what about you, Nathan? I'm interested to see, having, is there anything you ever think about, you change about it, or that you don't like, or are you just like, no, this is solid gold? 
That's a good question. Um, what don't I like about Puff the Rim? The only thing that popped into my head when I was watching it is, is uh, spoiler for this bit, but when Boogaloo shoots Birdie, I thought it was... They filmed it in a, in that sort of way that was very of the time, where they like do the slow motion. And that, for me, whether it's because it's aged poorly, because of, you know, the fact of the matter is this is quite clearly a film that's made with not loads and loads of money. Um, it was a little underwhelming, but I can't tell if that's just the time, the type of filmmaking at the time. Or, because there was a lot of films around that time that did the slow motion. It, if you think of like Thelma and Louise and stuff, that just ends with a big slow motion sort of thing. Mm. It reminded me a bit of a music video, but it didn't it didn't ruin anything for me. I was sort of, I always try and find a balanced argument, but I, I didn't, that was the only thing I could think of really. As similar to you, Alice, with the script, but it didn't take anything away from it for me. I don't know what I don't like about Above the Rim. Because <laughs> I've never had to think about it. I've always, I've always been able to just to sit there and enjoy it. I've never had to critique it. <laughs> Now that you say that holding the information load, I get it. But I don't mind it because I like the movie enough so much. One of the questions I always go to ask the guest, and I've never been able to ask it yet, is what would you do with the sequel to it? Like Above the Rim 2? Oh, no. Maybe Ooh. just have him being a professional basketball player or something, right? Um, no, oh, I don't know. I, hmm. What a, see, because I like Above the Rim, I'd be so scared about messing up the legacy of Above the Rim. Yeah. Maybe it's Kyle uh, is Shep and there's a new Kyle, there's a new younger person and now Kyle has to mentor that that kid. But is that just like a, a boring cycle? Yeah, but that's sometimes what they are, isn't it, I guess? Or you could have it, if he becomes this absolute massive superstar, maybe you could do a Fall from Grace type story where he's coming to the end of his career. Uh, something like work. that. That would yeah, see that would, you should be a mate, you should be a filmmaker, mate. That works. <laughs> I want to know more about Flip's story. I want to see Flip I want to see Flip's childhood. I want to see kind of how he got to the position he's got to. Because mm. I thought that was a bit of a a bit of a dark turn, wasn't it, in the film when Birdie kills him? Like or or and if it, it was so it felt so cowardly because he was he's so he's homeless, first of all. So he's incredibly vulnerable. And he was asleep. He was asleep in his cardboard box on the street and Bernie just goes up to him, wakes him up and then I guess beats him to death. But then I think, is it Shep who says later that he, he, cut, he cuts him? Or yeah, he's like got, a, he's got a blade. Or something? Yeah. Yeah, because he, does he put a blade in his mouth at one point, yeah, Birdie? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> he like chews razor blades. Oh, gosh, yeah. okay. Oh, dear. Ouch. Yeah. Hard man, in hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, Flip's story that would be good because I mean, you get the gist of the information that Flip, uh, Shep they all played on the basketball team when they were Kyle's age, so it'd be good to see. Uh, to, could you do it like a a sequel, prequel kind of thing? Where, Fla- yeah, flash forward, um, flash back, yeah, yeah, we yeah, see yeah. that great team and what happened to them. Maybe Flip's got a kid and Kyle's retired and he's teaching Flip's kid. Or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So many. But yeah, it's nice to see. Uh, that was a very young Bernie Mac. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. again, Bernie Mac is in the film as well. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's so young yeah. as well. Um, yeah, Marlon Wayans, Bernie Mac, Tupac. It's, it's now that you say the names out loud, that's a decent cost. Yeah, it is. It is. So has Tupac? Has Tupac been in a few other films? Yeah, uh, Tupac's been in uh, Poetic Justice and uh, Juice. 
I couldn't pick Juice actually. That's a good movie as well. It's similar kind of thing about you know um, kids who kind of go along the wrong path and kind of just kind of choose which way they're going to go in. See, that's interesting. I didn't realise that he was an actor as well. Tupac. Mm. Yeah, t- t- yeah, Tupac can act, man. Was he an actor first? I think he maybe started rapping just before, but he went to a school of art, so he, he's always been. Um, he's always had levels and dimensions to him other than just music. I think I read somewhere when I was reading about the film that some of the end scene in the ba- with the basketball tournament, he's not actually in. It's a body double because he, he was either on tour or he was doing something <laughs> else. So, yeah, it's like there's a lot of shots at the back of his head and it's just another guy. <laughs> Walking away. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so we'll move on to talking about the uh, critical reception uh, of the film and then we'll try and sort of conclude and see see, see where we're at. So... Um, have either of you managed to look at the critical reception, or no? I've I've avoided You've it. You've avoided Josh, it. Good, to good, me good. With Nathan, it. no, I'm scared now. So, Alice, how do you think it did with the critics? With the critics, mm. hmm, the critics are tricky little bastards, aren't they? They they sometimes surprise you. So if I so if I was going to score it based on I think how much I enjoyed it and if I would recommend it to someone. I'd probably give it like a low seven, so maybe like a seven point two, seven point three. Like I don't, it didn't sort of blow me away, but there was so much about it that I did enjoy. So I reckon low sevens. The critics, I don't know. I I feel like they've either gone one way or the other. I feel like they've either gone really high or like disgracefully low. <laughs> Nathan, what are you thinking? What would you give it? Would you? Would this be like a ten for you? Uh, mm, not ten, but. Eight, nine, um, but yes, I'm biased because I just I naturally I naturally gravitate towards sports without realizing. So that's one thing to bear in mind. Like, <laughs> so, like if I say nine, like a lot of that is sports points, <laughs> sports tax, extra tax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, um, so you, you're not too far off. Um, so, right. On IMDb at time of recording, it gets 6.7. On Rotten Tomatoes, however, the critics give it 53%. But the audience give it 83%. Oh. So I think that kind of tells you everything, A, what we've already been saying, and, and B, what, we, what, what you need to know, which is, I don't know, like some critics can be cold on certain types of films. This might be one of them. I'm not too sure. But... I, I think it's closer towards the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, the 83% than the others. I'd probably go slightly higher than Alice. I'd probably say about about eight for me because I did enjoy it. I really enjoyed it and I would recommend it to people. Do you know what the critics said? No, I, I didn't. I didn't really. There wasn't many reviews. It's, it's quite, it was quite a hard film to find, actually, in okay. terms of it wasn't, it wasn't on any streamers. It was actually, you know, buy it. <laughs> Nathan, how do you feel about that 53%? Because the critics, when we did Natural Born Killers, the critics gave that a really low score and I was fuming. Um, I mean, as, as as a comedian who's done many Edinburgh's and looked at many you know, reviews from the experts, um, I don't give a shit if they give it a low score. It's the, if the audience are given an 82%, the people have spoken. As far as I'm concerned, I, th- I think you're right. I think we can call this one an underrated and underseen. What do you reckon, Alice? 
Yeah, definitely. I would definitely say underseen. And like you say, I mean, I hadn't seen it, but also it was difficult to find. So I imagine that, that there's a lot of people who aren't seeing it who would probably really like it as well. If you like sports, then if you like basketball, definitely, mate. Nathan, thanks very much for coming on. Is there anything we need to need to look out for? Um, yeah, I'm always up to bits and pieces, you know, always producing content. Um, you follow me on social media. Uh, Instagram is Nathan.Caton. Twitter, Nathan Caton. Facebook, Nathan Caton. Uh, TikTok, for some reason, even though I'm too old for that shit. Nathan Caton, <laughs> comedian. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll put updates and stuff on my work on my social media. So follow me on social media and you'll find out about me. Have you... Have you found that you've been able to do anything during lockdown, like stand-up-wise, sort of with the comedy? Have you been writing? Have you been doing, like, online stuff? Yeah, I'm keeping busy. I mean, I'm, I'm doing online gigs, uh, gigs via Zoom, uh, which is different, but it's fun. I'm enjoying it and adapting. It's like a different skill set to live comedy, but it's cool. Um, producing, like, this online stuff uh, on my social media and on YouTube as well youtube.com uh, forward slash katon n um and then a podcast uh, i do a podca- podcast called give me some good news which is just i focus on good stuff in the world as opposed to you know the doom and gloom uh a podcast called an englishman and irishman and a scot where you know three guys get together we just, we just, just shoot the breeze and then talk and then I've, I've got a basketball podcast that's coming out soon with a nba uh nba fans uk uh, NBA UK fans um, so yeah check that out as well exciting you're busy eh? can I just ask so when you're doing a Zoom stand-up gig do you get everyone to is everyone on mute or do you get them to unmute themselves so they can laugh and you can hear yeah. them laughing well the, the comedy club or the promoter they'll get like a, a front row who are the people who have their uh, mics turned off so you can hear them laughing um, okay. so, I was going to say that must be weird if they were being silent yeah. and you're like well, you're sitting doing the punchline and it just yeah well the first few Zoom gigs I don't think that people hadn't worked out how to work all that stuff right so the first few gigs I'd done on Zoom it was just talking to silence you could like people didn't have their cameras on they had the mic stuff you just perform into like a, a black hole to avoid and it's a very fine line between a gig and just uh, a personal meltdown. Because um, <laughs> you're talking to silence, not knowing if you're funny or not, and it just felt like this is so soul destroying. I, I did stand up for a bit, and a lot of my real gigs were uh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> staring into the void. <laughs> So there we go. Another one for uh, the underrated pile above the rim. Do do check it out. And uh, massive thanks to Nathan for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure to have him on. And we will make sure that when this goes out, we point in the direction of all of his content. And hopefully in the coming months, the world will start to get back to normal and Nathan can go back to doing his job. <laughs> Yes, stand up in front of a live audience. <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch with us, if you've got a film you want us to do, then please do give us an email. It's films on that pod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at films underscore that and Facebook and Instagram at films and that pod. Please do get in touch and let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about. If you've got any random questions for the beginning, if you've got a film that you want us to do, you know, all that stuff. Um, Alice Oliver, thank you very much for joining me as ever. Thank you very much, Josh. Pleasure as always. Um, It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. (laughs) 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 